It's Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is our number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host for the hour, Ken Chester. And this is another hour full of news and information that awaits us, and I plan to get to it. But first, for those of you who want to add your voice to the conversation, call or text me via the Roadworthy Driveline. That number is 872-222-9793. For those of you who would rather email, and you know who you are, you can reach me, and my email address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way. We'll connect you to me and the show. And come on, you know I want to hear from you. The theme for this hour has to do with the trends in new vehicle sales. Now, regular listeners know that I don't usually crunch the numbers, but these tell a story that demands that I share them with you, especially if you're considering the purchase of a new vehicle over the next year. You're going to want to hear this. But first, the Roadworthy Drive crew is in studio and at full strength. For this second hour, with Jack at the controls and Sasha over at Mike Two, how y'all doing? Y'all okay? Yep, everything's great. Well, let's see. Well, let's see. We just had lunch. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was good. It was scrum delicious. And right. anytime you can get food involved in this show, it's actually pretty good. Oh my goodness! Kind of like our one where we went full foodie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ken. This so hour, much, what so is much for the Food Network people. Uh, what is in the parts bin, sir? Um. This one I want to talk about because it's, it's very timely, and I think it's a story worth telling. It has to do with a registered nurse that just became a mom. Okay. Um, after three months, went back to work. Right. And uh, wanted her husband to kind of, you know, take shots, you know, show her how the baby's doing and everything because she feels kind of bad having to go back to work and being Correct. apart from her baby. Yeah, I can understand that. Um. This is, the, this is the title of this piece okay. from the Washington Post, and I quote, she, say, she sent her husband a nagging text about the car seat, and it may have saved their son's life. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, now, her husband was out and about, and he texted her a photo showing their near, nearly three-month-old son asleep in his car seat, but she noticed something wasn't right, and she critiqued it. Uh, the checks clip wasn't high enough or tight enough, okay. and she gave instructions on how he should adjust it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't respond, but she kind of assumed he did what she had mentioned it. Fifteen minutes later, the husband and the baby were involved in a car accident. Oh, oh no. lady pulls out in front of him at 50 miles an hour. Oh. He locks him up, hits the car. Breaks his foot in three places. Oh. Ouch. But because they had adjusted the seat the way his wife suggested, mm-hmm. not only was the baby not hurt, he didn't wake up. Wow. I would like to be able to sleep like that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sleep of a baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is all because on her first day back, she wanted her husband to send her regular updates, not because she didn't trust him, but because she was upset about leaving their baby. And because she was uh, observant enough Mm -hmm. and her husband loved her enough to make the changes, Mm -hmm. uh, their child didn't end up in the hospital. And he was just on crutches. 
And, you know, they showed a picture of her beloved car being totaled. Oh, well. Um, but here's something you need to know. Car accidents are one of the leading causes of death for children up to 13 year old. Thir- I'm sorry. Try that again. 13 years old. Yeah. Okay. Car seats have been shown to save lives. In 2015, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, car seats saved 250 kids. One year. However, about 60% of the time, car seats are not used properly. Uh, the moral of this story, if you want to know how it should be done, uh, you can go to NHTSA's uh, website. Mm-hmm. That's nhtsa.gov. 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 Take that time, folks, because precious cargo is precious cargo. Now, if I remember correctly, the hospitals around us here and the fire department usually once a year basically say, if you want to show up, show us how you put your baby in your car seat. Mm -hmm. And we'll tell you if you're doing it right or wrong and how we can help you improve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've never had kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you've gone through kids. You've gone through kids. Yeah, and they're still alive. I want you to know. Yeah. But I don't know that if somebody handed me a kid, I would know what I would know what to do with that seat. I'm talking about the seat, Chester. Nothing uh, else. Mm, I was about to say, I've say got is, a couple if, that you if, can borrow if, if, from. No. Uh, Jack, <laughs> the, the the proper answer there, if somebody hands you a kid, <laughs> hand them back. back. Well, exactly. <laughs> See, that's the nice part about being an uncle. There I can hand the kid back. When I'm done, I'm like a grandparent. That's the, cheating. Exactly. That's cheating. No, that's reality. That's cheating. Here's another story for you. Um, Waymo. Yeah, heard of them. Yeah. Um, they are now expanding their self-driving project to deliver passengers to bus stops and train and rail stations. I'm, ass- I'm assuming this is in the bigger cities. Uh, yes, in Phoenix. Okay. Um, the test program will involve employees of the Valley Metro Transit Authority. Imagine being able to be picked up by autonomous vehicle to get a ride to work. Don't have to drive my car at all. Okay. Nice. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Waymo will expand the program to include first and last mile travel to members of the Valley Metro Ride Choice, people who are traditionally underserved by public transit, which suggests to me older folks who can't get around that well and perhaps either blind or otherwise physically challenged people. Okay. Okay. Which is a heck of a deal. So, you know, this for Waymo is their next uh, leg of what they're trying to accomplish. They're, they're really trying to cover four areas. Um, create a ride-hailing service. Right. Develop self-driving trucks for logistics. And finally, the fourth one, licenses technology to automakers for personally owned vehicles. Uh, and then, like I said, the fourth one we just talked about, connecting people to public transportation. So it's part of the plan, part of the game plan, and they had mentioned this in the past, but uh, according to the news piece, it was sort of nebulous of what they were planning to do by n- until now. But if you think about it, the whole thing of providing first and last mile transportation and weaving in public transport, public transportation doesn't have to be – it's either ride hailing or public transportation because public transportation does some pieces very well, particularly in areas of um, high density. Right. But when you get to last mile where it's low density, a ride hailing service or even an autonomous ride hailing service 
would be more ideal. Sasha, where your house is, Yes. what is the closest, what I'm going to call, big city to you? Uh, is that is it Waterloo or is it Des Moines? Uh, that would be probably... Strawberry Point? Shush your face. Uh, that would probably be Waterloo, actually. Okay. So what you're telling me is she could take, let's just say, public transportation to the outskirts of... No, um, I could not. Ever. Hey, just hang on. <laughs> I'm asking the question. I'm yeah, using you is, as an example. But there is no public transportation to get to Waterloo. No, but, but, no, that's no, but what I'm saying is, is if he's saying to you that you can take Uber, whatever, okay, autonomous right. car in from your house to Waterloo, uh-huh. and then you can catch a bus to finish your destination, that's what I'm asking him. Is this what he's talking about? Yes. Okay. First mile, last mile, or... Uh, in the case of a bigger city, and actually the city we live in would actually be a better example. Okay. Uh, with some of the outlying suburbs. Oh, yeah, because you've got, like, the Grimes, Urbandale. Carlisle. Carlisle. Indianola. Yep. Right. Out that far where bus service makes no sense. But you get to the edge of where it takes you, and you could get something specific that takes you right to your residence. It lowers the cost across the board and allows public transportation to be efficient where it is. Let's rile handling be efficient where it is. And again, the mosaic of mobility that I keep talking about. Mm-hmm. This right. is an example. And the market and consumer preference and all of that will continue to show uh, what works because nothing will work the same way in different parts of the country. Because people have different needs, different distance, different densities, you know, weather issues. All of that will come together. And really, that is a sign of where we're going, that, you know— Car ownership, vehicle ownership, which was the way with some public ownership, public transportation when you couldn't, yep. um, is, is going to continue to change dramatically. And then that dramatic change will be market-based and determined by the market, what people want to do, which is really the way you want it. True. People will come up with ways to do things um, depending on the demand. Next up, we take a cautionary look at the winners, losers, and domestic automakers, and it's a tale you can benefit. Coming up. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. You're tuned in to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. cubic-inch TNT V8 with twin snorkels and twin exhausts. Don't you agree youth does come twice in life? When you're young and when you want to be. The 1966 Chrysler is built for both. Move up to Chrysler. It's easy. 
Okay, Sasha, since when did we hire an orchestra? I, right? I got I mean, that one past the suits. Don't uh, worry about it. It puts me in the move to waltz, though. Well, yeah, but again, that's two ads in both hours this week where we have an orchestra. I didn't wow. realize that we could, have, but we could afford an orchestra. Right? Uh, it's amazing what you can put under miscellaneous. Well, and D- see, just roll with me on that. I can't. Do we have to? Yeah, we kind of have. Uh, to. And by the way, this is Roadworthy Drive. He's Ken. I'm Jack, and, and I'm incorrigible. Is Sasha? Yeah. And yes, you are. <laughs> Play nice. Play nice. Mm-hmm. This hour, the talk is all about recent sales numbers for the American auto industry. Now, I don't usually get into the weeds and all these numbers. I mean, there's plenty of numbers. I report them all the time. But there's a story being told that's going to impact your pocketbook especially if you're going to be in the market for a new or even near-new vehicle in the next 12 months. Now, as usual, the crew and I have got your back and the details you need to know to get the best deal. So we're going to take a look at the raw numbers and, first of all, see how the domestic automakers are doing. How did I know he was going to talk about this when I'm in this situation right now? Right. Hey. Um, and what do you mean by burn. Neil, or <clears throat> newly new? Uh, certified, near new. Or certified near pre-owned. Thank you. Okay. Basically between one and three years old, just off lease. Okay. Um, because actually, remember, we've talked about, and more than once, that coming bubble of some 19 million vehicles that would be coming off lease in the next three years. And this does not include the new stuff. Oh, no. These are just used off lease stuff. Okay. We haven't even started to talk about the new stuff yet. Okay. Um, But here's something that's interesting. Um, In terms of, and we're going to talk about last month, um, because it's interesting to note that it's not nearly what you would expect. Um, And now, I should say, these numbers are all from trade publication Automotive News. And they're the trade publication of the automotive industry. They compile and crunch all this stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a reliable source. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been around for over 100 years. And they're the, they're the industry source you go to for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think, in terms of sales growth, is the number one nameplate um, of vehicles, of, of automakers sold in the United States? I'm going to say Toyota. No. Who is it? Uh, Mitsubishi. What? Yeah. Up 24%. Mitsubishi, the, the company that was almost dead. You know, but you know what's going on. No, I don't. Uh Nissan and their French partner, um, Renault, uh, bought 33% of them last year. Uh, well, actually, in 2016. Yep. So, and they came out with this new uh, Eclipse Cross that's brand new. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what's driving the sales. It's their first really new vehicle in some time, which is what they need to lift. And I've said it here before. It was going to take something like that for them to survive because they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. They just flat didn't. Um, other, other nameplates in the top five that had major sales increases in July, another surprising one, Volvo. Okay. Why did that surprise you? Um, they don't make trucks. They have SUVs and the mm-hmm. S their XC40 is their newest one and they're gaining traction with it. If you'll pardon the pun. Okay. Um, number three is not a surprise. Number three at 15% is Jeep and they're on, they're on a mission. To grow the business. Yep. And they're going to continue to do that. Now, here's one for you, and I can tell you why. Number four, at an increase of 12%. This is just sales increase in the month of July of 2018. Year. Yes, sir. Okay. Volkswagen. 
again, not a, not a real surprise. Kind of is to me. Why? Because Atlas has just taken off. And that's what's driving it, that Antigua. But what's beating them up, uh, the term better get a Jetta, not so much. Jetta sales are, <laughs> yeah, they're not pretty. And okay. we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. Finally, and, and we talked about this, number five, now this is no surprise, increase of almost 7% Subaru. Yeah, we talked about that last hour, and yeah, you know, and that, the the accent, yep. accent uh, is doing it now. Um, still number one, not surprising. Overall, sold seventy thousand, almost seventy one thousand of them last month. Mm-hmm. Ford F one fifty, or Ford F series, excuse me. Go F series. Number two, though, at f- just a little over forty six thousand, Chevrolet Silverado. Uh Care to guess number three? One of the SUVs. Uh, Toyota RAV4. Number four, Ram pickup. Number five, Toyota, I'm sorry, Honda CRV. That's an SUV, correct? Yes. And Honda's been cleaning the floor with these people. Really are. Okay. Um, Top rated best selling car comes in at number six. I'm going to say Toyota Camry. No. Toyota Corolla. Oh. But here's the thing. That's a subcompact car. And it's the leading sales leader for cars in this market last month. Think about that. You're talking Now, let's make sure we understand this. You're talking about the United States overall for yes. last month. Yes, sir. Okay. The Toyota Corolla, not a full-size car, a compact car, was the best-selling car last month. Wow. Now, in the time I got left, let me, now I need to say GM's numbers are estimated, so I don't have hard numbers for GM because they only report quarterly. Okay. Uh, Chrysler, um, record July sales, Jeep Wrangler, Cherokee, and Compass Ugh. pushed Jeep up. Jeep was up 15%, Ram 2.2. Um, Dodge was about flat. Here's something weird. Chrysler Pacific sales are up almost 6%. Uh, Jeep Cherokee sales, 71% increase. Dodge Journey, which is long in the tooth, was up 23% last month in sales. And no, that's not selling the fleets. Because that's usually when sales do something like that on an older vehicle, it's because they dumped a lot in the fleets. Um, Ford, really quick, car sales dropped 28%. SUVs and crossovers at the Ford Motor Company were down at a percent and a half. Down, down a percent and a half. Reason? They're kind of long in the tooth. And the EcoSport, which is their small new one, mm-hmm. didn't do much to really help that, even though the Lincoln Navigator is up like 60%, and the average sale cost of that jumped $30,000. Wow. Yeah. Ford still sold 1.1 million pickups, SUVs, and crossovers, and vans, more than anybody else. Next, import nameplates are taking a beating in passengers' car sales, even as they double down. Do they know something you don't? Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network.
Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're tuned to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We do the research and find the news and information you need to know for the Daily Dispatch today, tomorrow, and in the future so that you can remain a smart and savvy consumer. Time spent with the Roadworthy Drive crew each week is indeed time well spent. Now, for those of you who want more than your share of the road, check out the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com. Audio clips, video clips of our behind-the-scene antics in studio, which were pretty, um, let's see, what could I say they were? Animated. Animated, Animated, thank you. Um, And so much more awaits you. We have an exclusive YouTube channel as well as podcasts available on Google Play and Blueberry Podcasting. For those of you who have liked us on Facebook, a special treat. A Facebook-only weekly video series hosted by our very own Roadworthy Drive crew, Sasha. Hey, Sasha, why don't you tell the folks about the program? Okay, so I like to, right now, um, a lot of people are going out. A lot of people are going out and uh, (laughs) purchasing new cars. What I thought would be nice is for... um, Hi, Jack. I, I borrow. I ask. You have to hand over the keys. Sasha. Yes, sir. Do I need to just shut his mic off so you can continue? I mean, can we? Yeah, we can. Awesome. That is, that is amazing. That's why we like Jack. Then that That's, means I'll come over there. No, no this is my mic. Mm-hmm. You can't have mine. Okay. Anyway, so I take these cars, and I love to show you what's available for your dollar. If you're looking for something 20000 30000 40000 or like my personal favorite, the one that was like... 45,000. That was, that was beautiful. Um, but, um, you know, I want you guys to understand what's available for your dollar. What kind of technology is in these vehicles now? Um, what do all those buttons mean? Uh, so that's what Pretty I, colors, right? What so, do, what do all the new symbols mean? Right. All the new symbols for the brands that like to reinvent the wheel. Pretty mm-hmm. colors. Right. <laughs> So anyway, it's called Wheels of Non-Consent. Um, I do short little tidbits, and then I normally do the great reveal on Wednesdays. Um, so you want to stay tuned and, of course, like our Facebook page, so that way you get alerts when I go live. There you go, people. That's Wheels of Non-Consent, and only you can only find it on our Facebook page. Be sure to check that out. And, yes, uh, to answer some of the people that were wondering, she does give the cars back. Um <laughs> I know there's been some concern. Regretfully. And we want to we we clear that up. Right. That, no, she's staying within the letter of the law. Mm. Um, needless to say, there may have been, may or may not have been, I'm not going to confirm or deny, <laughs> that uh, somebody's hands might have been pried open. <laughs> Do you know something? Yes. Sir. He sounds like a football coach in trouble. Right. What? Right. You know, he will not confirm nor deny anything. Right. No, I didn't say anything, just that. I am just saying that I did have a favorite and like I said, keys might or may not have been pride a pride from somebody's okay, hands. Okay, before we dig any more of a hole than we've already done, <laughs> let's get back to the topic at hand, which Wait, is there's a topic at hand. Which is the fact that the domestic the, the It's okay. Deep breaths. Foreign car companies are doubling down on cars. Yeah. And what kind of results can are they having? Are they getting beat up? Yeah, they are. Now, define what you mean by beat up. Um, um, Nissan, for example. Nissan and Infiniti's brand's combined car sales last month dropped 20%. Oof. Oh, that's not good. How did their uh, trucks SUVs go? Well, light trucks fell 11. 
that's year to year comparison over last now, year. Now you're talking about Nissan in that in that example, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Now now I need to now here's why this matters. Nissan, Honda, Toyota have all spent big money upgrading their flagship vehicles. Toyota with the Camry, Honda with the Accord, Nissan with the Altima. Now, these vehicles, best they ever made, sophisticated, luxurious, cost-efficient, mileage, really high fuel economy, comfortable. I mean, these these vehicles are no slouch. Right. And the automakers continue to invest the money. Right. Now, we've talked about this before, and Nissan contends, and Nissan believes that there's about to be a backlash in the marketplace relative to SUVs and crossovers. Mm -hmm. They are fully expecting that the crossover and SUV, the small SUV, is gaining that mom-mobile look and feel, Mm -hmm. and that uh, kids, particularly the millennials and the younger ones that are now just coming into their buying years, uh, would be looking to get away from that and may come back home to sedans. Yes. But don't you also think that if we have a world crisis of some kind and all of a sudden gas prices go straight through the roof again, yeah, that that's not going to have a swing, bring the car pendulum back the other way? Yeah. Well, let's clarify a couple of things. One, um, reported here, I doubt very much that our problem is going to be crude oil supplies. Okay. So that's not going to be the problem. And uh, it's refining that's the bottleneck anyway. What's going to be a larger problem is, one, the auto, the auto industry itself is due for a major correction. Uh, historically, it's always been four years up, four years down. We're in like eighth or ninth year. And they're still building over 16 million brand-new cars and trucks for sale, which is not a record but really close to it. That's a nope. lot of vehicles. Okay. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the economy – has been on a tear for over 10 years. It's due for correction. We've done we've looked at studies here from the University of Michigan that says in the case of recessions, people buy cars not trucks. That would be true. What I would anticipate that the foreign automakers, namely the three I just mentioned, are betting that the combination of a potential backlash and market correction will leave them perfectly suited to uh, to sell cars, which is why, like every time they do, they keep investing. They keep spending the money. But not just them. Hyundai and Kia are doing the same thing. Their vehicles, their flagship sedans, best ever. And it's important to note the Kia Optima in the last month was up. The Hyundai Sonata was down 10%, but the Kia was up double digits. And... Here's another little tidbit you might not know, even though they're sister companies. Kia outsold Hyundai for the first time last month. Really? By about 1,500 units. Yes, sir. Wow. Now, let me ask you this question. We all know that Ford has said within two to three years they're done with cars. If we have a correction within this time frame, can Ford just go ahead and keep making whatever car they've got at that point and try to bring something else new to the playing field? Here's the problem. I know. You need four to five years. Well, Long lead times. And the Fusion is long in the tooth. They're not spending any money. The Fusion is going to be the last, what we would call, flagship car or family-sized car that Ford's got. And it's scheduled currently to go out of production in 2021. Uh, Other than the Taurus, everything else, with the exception of Mustang, is already done. Focus is done. Fiesta is done. uh, Ford is winding down. 
Remember what I just said. The foreign automakers kept spending money on their four-door sedans. They're modern. They're up-to-date. They're fuel-efficient. Uh, the Fusion, they haven't spent the money. Yeah. So the question is, even if they extended it, they'd literally have to give it away to be competitive. Next up, European luxury nameplates are a mixed bag. We peek inside as well as to see how much cash automakers are putting on the hood to make a deal. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're cruising with the Roadworthy Drive crew. Want more than your share of the road? Be sure to check out Roadworthy Drive on Facebook. Welcome to the last segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. Glad you could drop by. Now, the topic for this hour has been new vehicle sales numbers. Now, normally, I don't cover stuff like this, but recent developments in the marketplace warrant your attention. And since I want you to, I want to do what I can to make sure you are well armed with the right information, I'm sharing it with you. You don't like numbers anyway. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I only majored in accounting, but I know. Let's <laughs> let's not even go let's there. Move on. Yeah. Since we're going to end this hour with a look at sales of European nameplates, as well as check out how much incentive money is being offered by all the automakers, and finally, what does it mean for you? Let me, let me start this and, and get this as most direct as I can. If you are considering a family-sized car, new or up to three years old, the next 12 months will be the best time ever for you to buy one. Why? Um, for the very reason. They're not selling. Why? Everybody's going to crossovers, SUVs, and trucks. Does that mean, as we talked about in the last segment, we know for a fact that the foreign nameplates, most particularly uh, even Mazda, Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Hyundai, Kia, are all, and Subaru, are all spending serious money in their passenger cars. They haven't stopped spending money. Mm-hmm. They're spending money. They are some of the most advanced uh, vehicles out there. Even Subaru with its uh, eyesight uh, cons- uh, driver protection suite right. is considered by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety one of the most advanced in the industry. They have not stopped developing this stuff, which means you have the opportunity to buy an extremely advanced, highly efficient vehicle at a price that you can afford because the automakers are also putting money on the hood. Now, I need to say uh, Subaru uh, and Honda are some of the stingiest when it comes to rebates. But with the right deal and the right time of month and the right dealer, uh, you're coming up on the end for the most part of the 2018 model year. These cars are sitting on lots. Do we actually have any more an official day? Because then it used to be either September or October was the end of the model year and the start of the new one. October right. 1st has always been the unofficial start of the new model year. Okay. Now, in recent years, the last 10 years, the automakers have played fast and loose with those dates. Correct. But as far as, as, far as the consumer needs to know, um, most automakers have stopped building 2018s. And are retooling already building 2019s. Correct. They will get to dealer lots probably starting now because the changeovers usually are during the middle of the summer. So you're going to start seeing 2019s 
uh, August, September, October. I can tell you last month I saw 2019s on a lot, and they were trucks, mm-hmm. but, wow. they're, but they're on lots right now. Wow. Yeah. The kicker is if it's a dealer with unsold 2018 cars, they want to make a deal. Now, here's something you may not know. When you get to the end of a model year and there are unsold vehicles, doesn't matter what, very often the auto manufacturer will offer additional money to the dealer for every vehicle they sell. Now, the dealer's not legally obligated to share it with you, but very often to move the vehicles, uh, particularly if there's been a redesign or enhancement for the new ones, they'll pass that money along. Because most dealers don't own the vehicles they have on their lots. They pay interest just like you do every month Mm -hmm. uh, on the vehicles you buy. It's called floor planning. Mm -hmm. Every day that vehicle sits costs them money. So they are motivated to sell it. Yep. They want to sell it to you. And if you do your homework, chances are that you could get a really good deal in the next couple of months. Now, put on top of that that's going on right now. The fact that we've got all these off-lease units. Part of what's propped the market up since about 2016 was the fact that all these phenomenal lease deals. One automaker in particular, I will not name, was offering a two-year deal for low money and almost nothing down, which means a lot of people took advantage of it, but means there's a lot of two- and three-year-old vehicles coming back to the marketplace right? without a lot of miles on them. And if you can save five, six, ten grand... Uh, on a vehicle, particularly if it's uh, certified pre-owned, on top of that, over a new one, why wouldn't you? I think you'd be dumb not to. Mm-hmm. So there's that going on. But a couple of things that I want to leave with you in addition to that. Uh, I mentioned Volkswagen at the break. Um, the funny thing of it is, now, the VW Atlas we talked about, you talked about, Jack? Correct. Uh, from uh, last year. And this is numbers from Automotive News. It grabs something solid. Wow. You might need Got to. Got it. Up 398%. Wow. VW Atlas. Selling all day long. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the 2018 Jetta. Now, the 2019 Jetta is the new one, redesigned. Correct. Right. The right. outgoing 2018, uh, down 37%. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I guess if you want a Jetta, that's yep. the one to go get. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... Um, to get into luxury vehicles, this is a little bit weird. Um, now, overall, to use Lexus as an example, their sales are down by 12%. However, um, their RX and GX SUVs up, but their sedans total down 28%. Ooh. Yeah. But here's, here's the weird part. And I got to find this number because I saw it and I, whoa, because it was a number because their flagship sedan was actually up by double digits. And I'm trying to find that right here. Their four-door. Their four-door four LS was actually up in sales. Wow. And that's their Crazy. most expensive vehicle. Uh, and Lexus, even in July, even with the sales fall, was still the so- top-selling brand in July, as opposed to a year earlier. Wow. Yeah. Well, my question is now, with... The other automakers that are in the luxury end of things, um, how are their sales doing? Well, it's it, it's a it's a mixed bag. Some are up, some are down. Um, typically, 
it's not always that the cars are down. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. The thing that I know right now, and I'm, I understand, y'all, I'm not picking on Cadillac. Why are you going to pick on Cadillac? No, but what, normally what happens is their SUVs are up. Everything else is down. Right. Yeah. Well, the reason why we didn't talk about GM, full disclosure, GM reports their numbers quarterly. Correct. Everybody else is still doing monthly. So we don't have GM's numbers to take a hard look. The Chevy Silverado numbers I talked to earlier were estimated numbers. Okay. So I want to be full disclosure on that. We're not, we're not uh, anti-GM. It's just you can't deal with numbers you ain't got. All I'm asking, Ken, is does this work for all of the manufacturers or not? Uh, to be truthful, no, because it is, in fact, a mixed bag relative to uh, European and luxury sales. Uh, some cars are up. Some SUVs are up. But it's not uniform. So, you know, it, you really have to take on the luxury side, pay closer attention. So that wraps up this episode of Roadworthy Drive. On behalf of Jack, Sasha, and myself, thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in at this time next week when we do it all over again just for you. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This has been Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.